victory or victim? Victor or victim? Victor or victim? Being triumphant or being uh, being a victim? Okay. Numbers. Chapter 13. Numbers 13. I, w- I was reading over in Kings concerning something that had to do with David and this and Jews and whatnot. Okay. I'm going to read the first three verses. I'm going to read quite a few verses and just listen. And at the end, then we'll, we'll begin to get into uh, the message. 13, beginning the first verse, says this. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, and I am giving to the children of Israel from each tribe of their fathers. You shall send a man, everyone a leader among them. Verse 3. So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran, according to the command of the Lord. All of them men who were heads of the children of Israel. God sent the leaders. He told Moses, who was this man, he, he, he sent leaders from each one of, of the clans or the tribes, per se, uh, to spy out a land that he had promised the children of Israel. Now, if you, if you skip down to the 17th verse, we'll begin again. It says, Then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up this way into the south and go up to the mountains and see what the land is like. Number one, he wanted them to get a lay of the land. What is the land like? Whether the people who dwell there in it are strong or weak. Determine what the adversary is like. Okay? Verse 19. Whether the land they dwell in is good or bad. Whether this land is worth you having or not, okay? Whether the cities they inhabit are, the, are camps, or like camps or strongholds, whether, uh, you know, uh, there's going to be a difficult battle to take over, or whether it's going to be easy. Whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are forests there or not. Be of good courage. This is God's leader saying to his people, be of good courage. What does that normally tell us? That normally tells us there's, there's opposition. Amen. When God tells us be of good courage, that means there's something that we need to take courage about. Amen. Amen. Courage demands a fight. Amen. Okay. Uh, and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. God says, I'm going to give you an indication that it's all worthwhile by having you concentrate on the fruit that's in the land, the bounty that's in in the land. So I want you to bring that back. Uh, Skip down to verse 23. It says, Then they came to the valley of Eshcol, and there cut down a branch with one cluster of grapes. They carried it between two of them on a pole. Now, those of you who like grapes like me know that usually you get a cluster of grapes, you, you can hold it up, you know, between two fingers. They said this required one cluster, two men on some sort of pole or something between them to carry. Now that's a big cluster of grapes. Alright? So the fruit was out of this world. Alright? It was more than what they had ever seen before. Okay? 
they also bought some of the pomegranates and the figs. Uh, let's see, okay, let me continue to read a while. Um, the place was called the Valley Esco because of the cluster which the men of Israel cut down there. And they returned from spying out the land about forty days. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them from the fruit of the land. Now the Lord's whole idea of sending the leaders to spy out the land was that the leaders could bring back a report to their, their people. As much in the way of, of, of God will speak to you to assay a situation and bring back a report to those who you have leadership for, whether, whether it be your family or, or whatever. This is, is sort of a, 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 a little bit of a, how I can say it, oh, just a little idea of how leaders need to deal with things, especially when God tells you to, to deal with things. It's a sort of a prototype situation, okay? How to do and how not to do. So uh, all you leaders in here, and you know who you are, pay attention to, to what. This is just, this is not a, uh, a fancy story that God gave us from a long time ago. This is a real object lesson to us, all right? Uh, okay. Uh, verse 27 says this, Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us, it truly flows with milk and honey, and this is the fruit. Now, it is just as God promised them, the evidence that God said that would be there was there. And they acknowledged that, that it is just as uh, God told us. But, when I say the big but, they also had a big but. And it was something called nevertheless. Okay. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Now, how many, how many of you know that right now, based on the words on, on this page, that that's nothing more than information? Amen. But you've got to understand from what follows that they gave it forth as more than information. The way they spoke to the people was in such a way to bring doubt into the minds and the hearts of the people. The leaders came back and instilled doubt in the, in, in the people's hearts by the way they brought back their report. How many of you know you can bring up back a report of something good and instill doubt in people? Depending upon the way that you do it? Alright. But there were some Real true leaders in the bunch, and one of them was Caleb, and he said in verse 30, Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to over, 
coming. He, he said, look, get your mind off of what seems to be difficult. We have the word of God that tells us that that is our land and all we need to do is go ahead and take it. Yeah. Amen. You don't have to know how to do it. God let us hear. He, he's going to take us on. All right. Um, verse 31 says this, but the men, there's a big but again, who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the people of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spied out, saying, The land through, through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in the land are men of great stature. Well, you know that from history. That was a lie. Uh, there were a few giants in the land, but the vast majority of people were just as they were, physically in stature, all right? There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Now, we know, based upon this, that this caused the people of God, who God had miraculously brought out of slavery in Egypt, to want to go back to Egypt. What, what, what's that mean to us today? Why is it that men who have truly been free of God desire to go back to their slavers, to their captors? Well, it means that you can set a person's body free and their mind still be enslaved. Yeah. You know that's the greatest slavery? There are free men who are in prisons and have no hope of getting out, but they're free in their minds. All right? Uh, what was it built out of? It was built out of uh, what I guess today people want to call low self-esteem. Esteem means estimate. Uh, when the enemy causes a person to have a low estimation of who they are, then you're still in slavery. Amen. God had brought his people out of Egypt, but he had not taken Egypt out of his people. And back in Egypt, they were second-class citizens uh, who really didn't know their God. Now, they had seen God do all kinds of miracles and everything, and yet they had a slave mentality. Uh, a slave mentality leads to a victim mentality. I'm a victim. It's the hardest thing to deal with, a person who's, a, who's the perpetual victim. Uh, read with me one verse in that same area, uh, Numbers 14, chapter, third verse. And we see this from the mouth of, of God's people right there. It says, third verse, Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should become what? Pray. Pray or victims. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they're saying all that we've seen God do says to our natural way of thinking that he just brought us out here to cause us to fall on our face. The devil will tell you in such a little conclave as this that we have. Well, you know, God brought you out of here or there another way. 
only to bring, when, when you run into difficulties, and believe me, every group of people are going to have difficulties. So I'm going to tell you that right now. There are going to be things that we have to overcome. Just like any, any group of people who are trying to be on the way of the Lord. But understand this, the first thing that the enemy wants to put in your mind is, well, hey, you started wrong. You didn't hear God. And that, you know, he wants you to begin to mistrust God. Well, maybe I didn't hear God. Why would God bring me out here just to make me a victim of my circumstances? Well, they, they, they had a victim mentality. And they said it right here. Why did God bring us out here just for our children to be prey or victims? Well, you're not a victim, church. We need to think a little bit about what are some of the characteristics of a person who, have, who has a victim mentality or a defeatist mentality. I'll give you one. Usually these people use self-pity and sympathy to try to get what they want as opposed to work for it. Amen. Have you ever met a perpetual victim? Yeah, oh yeah. Well, if you do any praying for people and ministering to people, you find lots of people who are always the consummate victim. And a lot of times it comes from what they've been taught or what they've been preached to. A lot of times it's because it's just, e it's just as much easy to let somebody else take care of your business and do for you as it is for you to do for yourself. Yeah. Amen. So a lot of people who have that victim mentality uh, have this, this characteristic. Uh, they want you to pity them. Amen. They want you to sympathize with them but they don't want to do what God has given them to do that will give them success. Now, I hate a spirit of self-pity. Mm -hmm. I, I, hate, I hate that. I hate it because of what I've seen it do to people over the years, and I know some good people who just could not get out of this old woe-is-me attitude. And believe me, it's, it's bondage. I don't care how many devils they may have thought they've had, their mind is still in bondage. Amen. Amen. Uh, also, the way they approach things, the way they perceive things, whatever they see it as a as a problem, uh, when it appears to them, they make it a giant. Mm -hmm. Just like these people did. Oh, everybody over there is a giant. Right. We all have problems. Amen. We all have difficulties. A part of being successful and having kingdom living style. Is learning how to deal with your problems. Amen. Problems are just something to be overcome. Uh, God calls us what? Overcomers. That's what God calls us. If God calls us overcomers, we are overcomers. We are not perpetual victims. Everybody has a hard time sometimes. Amen. But a person who has a victim mentality, like so many of, of, of these who God had brought out of Egypt, uh, that's the way they think. That's the way they approach things. Everything is, is a giant that can't possibly overcome. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you find with people with that victim mentality who, who, who live a defeated life, they're very critical of everything and everybody. Yeah. Highly critical. And they don't understand when they talk to you, you see the criticism come out. Mm -hmm. and, and if you speak to them, sometimes uh, they, they get very defensive. They don't understand it. I'm saying this to you because if this is not a problem in your life now, 
as a person who had leadership authority as for a family or a group of people or, or even later or, or in, in, in ministry, you're going to deal with these kind of people. And they're in bondage. Uh, it's not always how many devils you cast out of, of a person. It's where's their mind. Yeah. Uh, you ever read that old, old poem, Walls Do Not a Prison Make? Mm-hmm. Well, some of you do have. Uh, it's where your mind is. Uh, we, we talked about last week a little bit about um, uh, Joseph. Joseph was in prison, but his mind was never in prison. Yeah. Huh? He's always free in his mind. He remembered what God had showed him. He remembered what his father had taught him as a youth. Amen. And his mind was never in prison. That's why he overcame in prison. Uh, that's why God was able to bring him out of prison to the palace. Uh, that's, that's why he was always victorious. It took time. But he chose to believe God, church. Amen. Now, the other thing that you'll find out and deal with people who, who have this victim mentality is that even though God shows them something clearly in his word or even in, 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 in some other way even though they see it there they experience it in their life they, they believe they, they say to themselves I know it's there but I can't have it mm-hmm. go back with me to uh, verses um, and let's read verses 27 and 28 of Numbers 13 again this will point this out Numbers 13, verse 20, and, st- and stay here, I'm not going to go anywhere but 13 and 14, alright, so just stay here. 27 says this, Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. They showed him the very fruit. So it was as God told us. Uh, there's many of us who, who say, I believe that. That's what God says. That's true. And then we come to verse 28. Nevertheless, the people who are dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak. And it goes up. But they say, I know God said that, but I can't have that. See, I, I, maybe for somebody else. But it's not for me. Defeated in your mind. Even though you give assent to the fact that that's true and that's what God said. Unable because of this victim type of mentality to, to be able to believe and, and, and have faith in the fact that, hey, that's true and God means that for me. And, and that's what happens many times today. Okay. Um, go with me and read one verse Numbers chapter 14 verse 2 says this and this is after getting a bad report and all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron and the whole congregation said to them if only we had died in the land of Egypt or if only we had died in the wilderness uh, now, the first part of that verse talks about how they all complained against Moses. Mm-hmm. How many of you know that Moses was not their problem? Amen. 
How many of you know that sometimes the people who, 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 who are, are victims and hopeless, they will blame everybody else but themselves Amen. for their predicament? Amen. Uh, everybody else. Church, we, we, we don't have to blame anybody for what we're dealing with. We don't have to blame anybody for, for things that go, go wrong. Uh, that's not necessary. Sometimes people do things and sometimes people say things. We understand that they, they give us a problem. But a person who never takes responsibility for something that is not quite right in their life, uh, to me is a person who is not living in any kind of victory in their life. Amen. They, they, they fall to me into this category. It's somebody else. Now it's Moses. They were singing the praise of Moses a little while ago. Huh? They hated the slavery, let him out of there, you know, held up his hand, the Red Sea was parted, and they came across. Everybody was happy. Now Moses, you're the problem. You should have left us back there. I want to tell you something about being leaders in the body of Christ. Sometimes people will look at you after the fact, when they're having a hard time, they won't take responsibility for themselves, and they say, he did it. Mm-hmm. Or she did it. Yeah. Uh, you got to have enough character in the Lord to love them in spite of it. Huh? And try to help them out of that, that situation. Because it's so much easier to, to point to somebody else. Amen. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's, what's, that's what's bad. And I'll tell you the worst part of it all we see in verse 14 and 4. It says, So let... So they said to one another, let us elect a leader and return to Egypt. Now here are people who are most critical of themselves. All their gifts, all their talents, all the promises that God had given them, they have just buried them. Am I right? They paid attention to what was difficult before them, completely disavowed what God had promised them, and now they said, hey, it's no use. We might as well go right back. We're going to bury our talents. We're going to bury our gifts. We're going to bury everything that God said that we could have, and, and, and we might as well just go right back to this thing that we hated so much a few days ago. That's what happens to people who have the victim mentality a lot of times who have this defeatist mentality a lot of time. Church, I wouldn't spend as much time on it if I had not seen it so much. Not just in the world. Mm. You're going to see it in the world. You expect it in the world. But I've seen it in the church. Amen. Amen. People who don't have a real good grip on on the Lord and and what the Lord has done uh, to be able to get out of it. So what's the answer to victim mentality? I will tell you what, in order to get that victim mentality out of you and get a kingdom mentality, you have to change your thinking, mm-hmm. your mind. Uh, we're, we're told in, 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 in the Bible, we, our minds need to be renewed by yeah. mm-hmm. the Word of God. Amen. And that's a supernatural thing. I don't mean simply just to read it, but I mean to meditate. I mean to pray. I mean to... Uh, Try to put into effect what, what it is that the Lord says. Uh, that, that is the key. Uh, let me give you an example of a, of a kingdom uh, kingdom guy. We, we read it, and we don't have to go back to it. 
foot. In verse 30 of 13, you heard Caleb. Caleb had heard all the bad reports. But what did Caleb say? Caleb said, it said that Caleb quieted the people before Moses. And he said, let us go up at once and take possession. For we are well able to overcome. That's what he said. He disavowed what darkness and ignorance was telling him. And he believed what God was saying to him to do. It took courage. What was it that Moses told the, the people before he ever gave a set out? He said, look, be very courageous about what you see and what goes on. You're going to have to take courage. And what these leaders didn't realize is you're taking courage not just for yourself, but for all these people who are dependent upon you. Amen? Amen. Uh, I think, matter of fact, I know that in our fallen nature, we're basically born negative thinkers. Mm-hmm. Now what do I mean? I don't mean negative in the terms that the, the world means negative thinkers. You know, there's a lot of positive thinkers, self-help stuff out here. A lot of people who gather a lot of stuff in the world. Uh, negative thinkers is just those who believe in something else than the truth. Mm-hmm. You, you're born believing lies. Mm-hmm. I'm born and believe. It's just when we've been born again mm-hmm. that we've been given the capacity the number one, know God and hear God and know the truth. Yeah. The Bible tells us what? You will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Now we can begin to understand what the Word of God says and have our minds converted. Amen. Have them changed completely. That, that, that in a nutshell is, is how you get from being defeated to having victory. Now, I said in a nutshell, because that acorn's got to grow into a tree in order you get to, to get to where I'm, I'm going. It would take months to, to sit here and, 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 and delve into all of the intricacies of things that you can learn from the Bible as far as how to change your thinking. But I'm saying that uh, in a general outline, that is how the, the thing is done. Hear what God says, Believe what God says and do what He says. Mm-hmm. Take yeah. courage sometimes when what God says doesn't. You don't see any way in your way of thinking and getting there or doing it. Amen. But the Bible tells us that whatsoever is born of God is what overcomes. Right? Mm-hmm. Overcomes the whole world. Are you born of God? Amen. Ask your neighbor. Are you born of God? Are you born of God? All right. Then, then tell him you've overcome the world. Going from a mentality of darkness and ignorance to kingdom mentality uh, means that the government of God is now being set up in you. See, all this is about government. I love, I love, I love Jesus, and I love when He came, uh, and I thank God He came preaching the kingdom and not religion, because He became, He, he came preaching the government of God, the rule of God in our lives. As you become a kingdom thinker, God's thinking, His Word begins to rule more and more and more in your life. And less and less ignorance and, and darkness will rule in your life. That's what kingdom thinking is all about. That's, the, that's, that's what it's all about. That's the thing that gives us the victory. 
That's the thing that causes us to overcome the world. You see, you all know, like I do, most of you, I spent a lot of years casting out devils out of people. And I probably will cast out a lot more, you know. (laughs) But I've always realized that there's something else on the other side of this. Why do some of the people, or many of them, never live a victorious life? Yeah. Well, there's something else that has to, that mind has to be renewed. Amen. Something has to take them. You, you know, I've always known a long time ago from reading this very scripture that deliverance is two prongs, has two sides. And I tell you this all the time, I'll tell you it until you get it. And that is, you have to be delivered from something. But if it's deliverance in the way that God talks about deliverance, you have to be delivered to something. He took them out of Egypt to bring them into the promised land. And yet many of them, although they were delivered out of Egypt, were never delivered to the promised land. Many of them fell, their carcasses fell because of unbelief in the wilderness. We've got to go on to complete deliverance. Uh, We've got to get our mindset free. And we've got to change a whole lot that's going on at times in our minds. So we're no longer slaves to sin. We don't have to be. And that's what victims, uh, folks who have victim mentality, uh, do. You'll find a lot of times, even in the church, that people who become negative and hopeless and and suffer... uh, who see themselves as a victim, they always seem to speak in a defeatist way. Mm-hmm. It's something. Hopelessness and depression and that kind of thing. I read, a, I read a thing the other day that said that fully one quarter of the people in the United States suffer from serious despair, depression, and, 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 and hopelessness. One quarter. Well, I'll tell you what. I believe it's one quarter in the body of Christ. I think people in the body of Christ are just better fakers. About what's going on. Oh, yeah. People come, people driving up to church, man, they got a scowl on their face. They hit the door. Why? I'm expected to smile. I'm expected to be something, to act like something that I'm not or not feeling, you know. And they leave church, and their face is like this, and their heart is down in their shoes. Too much. This is this is where my heart is for people who are caught and trapped in that kind of lifestyle. They ought to be enjoying kingdom living. Uh, not religion, not putting on something, just being happy about being in the Lord, enjoying the Lord and that kind of stuff. God calls us to, to, to seek out those people in our midst, to seek out those people. Uh, uh, see, it's one thing, we know what to do about people who don't know the Lord. We want to get them saved. But what do we do once they have a salvation experience with the Lord, huh? We, we want to lift them up. We want to build their lives. We want, we, want, we want to bring the joy of the Lord into their life. Huh? Well, how can we do it if we don't have it? Amen. We don't experience it. <coughs> That's why we've got to go on past deliverance. Uh, deliverance from and get to deliverance to. 
because that's that's the goal. We're only halfway. And halfway doesn't, doesn't get you to victory, church. Go with me to Numbers, the 14th chapter. God has a way of thinking about our attitude that sometimes we don't understand and see the seriousness of it. Chapter 14, Numbers, verse 11. says, Then the Lord said to Moses, How long will these people reject me? And how long will they not believe me? With all the signs which I have performed among them. Oh my God. You think God could say that sometime to us? With all that we've seen and all that he's done. Huh? When we stop halfway between being delivered from... And we dig our heels in, and we won't be delivered to. The Lord is, he, he, was, he was very forthright, and he was straight up in how he felt about those people. And you know that most of them died in the wilderness. God said, I won't take you. Any of them that's over 20 years old, they're not going to be delivered to. They're, gonna, they, they, they're delivered from. But that's just where they're going to die. Amen. Well, church, I want to tell you something. I don't want to be, be half delivered. Amen. I don't want to just come out. I want to go in. Amen. I don't want to be caught in here in, in, in between and in, in, in never, never land. Right. You know? uh, God has kingdom living for us. You know, he brought us out of the kingdom of Satan's darkness, and he wants to deliver us into the kingdom of his dear son. Amen. Now, in position, we already are, but the fact is that most of the church, or most a lot of the church, is not enjoying that. That's right. And he wants it. And he wants it for us. Remember, in several cases, dealing with people for marriage counseling, they had difficulties in their marriage. All right, and and the marriage. Young, I'm not talking about people who have been married for years, but I'm talking about some people who have been married a year or two or something like that. And they fight like cats and dogs. That argued about everything. And I'll I, I tell you one, one instance that uh, I heard another preacher preach about, and, and it showed how much misunderstanding a lot of time we have about counseling and, and the like. He said he had this couple, and they argued about everything, what they want to eat, what side of bed they want to sleep on, how warm the room was going to I mean, year into their marriage, they argued about everything. I mean, and they would just argue, argue, argue. And their arguments got pretty heated. Well, one day they were arguing, and the guy was sort of jumping around. His wife turned his back. To him, and that Lord, and he's jumping around trying to get her attention. And he hit a lamp, mm-hmm. and he knocked the lamp over and broke it. She turned around and she saw him. He was picking the lamp up off the floor uh, to set it back up, and she looked at him and she thought he was going to hit it. She's going to be hit with the lamp. And the guys is trying to explain to her, listen, it was an accident. I, I, I really wasn't trying to. And she wasn't going to hear none of it. She thought he had got to the point where he was going to result to physical violence. She ran out of the house, went home to Mama, and 
the next thing she, he heard from her was, hey, look, we're getting a divorce because I can't take it anymore. And he asked the people a question. He says, now, what, what do you think these people need? Do you think that they need more money? Do, do you think that they, they need a better job, a bigger house? Do you think that that will settle their problems? And, of course, most people said no. He said, well, then what do you think? He said, do you think counseling would help them? Do you think they need counseling? I ask you, do you think they need marriage counseling? Not really. So a little bit, and I'm dealing with semantics here in a sense because, see, what one person one person thinks marriage counseling is is not what another person is, and and over the body of Christ, there's a variety I find of what people think marriage counseling is, but strictly speaking, they don't need counseling. Matter of fact. Marriage counseling would do them no good at this point. What they need is training. They need education. What I do, much of what I do in counseling people is not counseling people. You hear me? It's training people. It's giving them training that they should have had before they got into the situation that they're in now. It's getting it from here before they got into there. You see, trying to counsel somebody who, it's like, can you really counsel from the Word of God a person who is an unbeliever? They don't know what you're, they know what you're talking about. They can't understand it by the Spirit. It's gibberish to them. So you can't take them to the Word of God and say, well, you know, the Word of God says, why? Because they haven't been trained. They haven't been born again. And they haven't been enlightened. And the same is the case many times when you deal, you talk about counseling people. You're talking about people, first of all, who, who, who really need almost to be parented. You know, the problem for most of us who come into the body of Christ, I was talking to a uh, couple not too long ago, and I was saying to the guy, you know, you're very fortunate. You grew up in a family mm. that was in the Lord, and they practiced the things of the Lord. Amen. But your wife, she grew up in a situation that you talk about dysfunctional. It was completely dysfunctional, you know, with drugs and, and all kinds of illicit sex going on and all kinds of crazy stuff. I said, so she does not have the benefit of what you have. Yeah. So what I'm trying to get it to understand is she has to be trained before she can really be counseled. She's received the Lord and she knows the Lord and, 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 and that kind of stuff. But see, she, she hasn't had anything poured into her. That's why I say about, uh, about gifts and dealing with people simply on the basis of, of God healing somebody or God uh, delivering somebody or, or doing some miracle for somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, people see miracles don't understand what the miracle is all about. Amen. Uh, they don't see the God who, who, who did what he did. Amen. It's a dangerous thing to have a person have a miracle in their life and then never perceive the God of the miracle. Amen. Amen. I, I know a man who 
years ago. Uh, probably none of you in here were, 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 were around when he was around, but God raised him up from a deathbed. I mean, a deathbed. He got to quoting some scriptures and stuff and, and raised him up from a deathbed, a sure death. And uh, he went out a little while later and got involved with another man's wife in the church and took the man's wife. Whenever, whenever I talked to the man, I had no, I had no inkling within me that he ever knew God. God was merciful to him, saved his life, gave him a chance. But he turned right around and did something like that. Now, you know, I'm not saying he's gonna go to hell. I don't, I don't know. I really can't. You know, for me, just saying I didn't I didn't see whether that he was saved doesn't mean that he wasn't saved. But I'm telling you, his actions didn't show very much salvation. Okay. Definitely after God. So I'm saying God had did a great miracle and spared his life, and his life went that way. Uh, and nobody could tell him. Pastor couldn't tell him anything. Friends couldn't tell him anything. No, nobody could correct him. Nobody could counsel him from the word of God as to what to do. See, counseling does no good. Amen? Uh, counsel is nothing if you haven't been trained. All right. Um, let me pick up. i got a little bit more. I'm going to let you go. And it's amazing in life what we get involved in that uh, we've not been trained for. I, I, we were out here talking about young folks and driver's licenses this morning. You know, to drive a car... Uh, you have to take a test, a written test, to show that you have knowledge of, of the road and, and the laws and all that. And then you have to take a, a you have got to take a road test. Well, you don't have to do so much to get in, in the laws of the state. You can get married and don't get tested on anything. You're right, man. Mm -hmm. They don't care if you test it out before you get married. <laughs> we don't do that. You, 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 can, you can get trained by the Lord, but all that other you leave alone until after. But what I'm saying is that the laws of the state require you to get trained and, and tested for things before you get into them, but they don't concerning marriage. You know one of the, the greatest areas... Of, of neglect in our public education today is it's in finances. Amen. You know, young folk in public education really get no training in finances. I'm talking about Amen. up to 12th grade type of thing. Amen. Very little is taught them about how the system works, how money works, right. investing, and, and, and they just turn out here. And, and if the parents don't teach them, that's why this is, this is something the parents have to do, have to teach their children. Mm -hmm. Okay? If they don't do it, they don't get any training. Mm -hmm. Well, people get married. And so many of them get married, and they go through, some of them go through a superfluous little thing from somebody who's supposed to be counseling, where the issues aren't dealt with and so forth. And they get married, and then they get in trouble. And then they come to an elder or a pastor, someone else in leadership or a counselor, and they want that person in 30 minutes to straighten out all of that. You see, they needed to be trained. Amen. You can't counsel them. That's right. 
They need to be trained. Amen. They need to be put in a place or with somebody uh, that can train them to the point where you can counsel them. And it's so missed so many times today, church. It is. I tell you, ignorance we know is a mark of Satan's kingdom of darkness, mm-hmm. and light or knowledge is the mark of God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. Amen. Light, knowledge, not just knowledge here, but experiential knowledge with God, mm-hmm. experiencing God, knowing God. I go back to that that same uh, scripture. You'll know the truth. Mm-hmm. Experientially, you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Okay, it doesn't say that simply you'll get a devil cast out of you and you'll be totally free. No, you, you have to know the truth of God that goes along with it. So, all you deliverance workers, you got some work to do because we can't half leave them people hanging out here. And see, I've been working myself to the bone, I'm going to tell you, for years. Uh, I can't do it all. Somebody else is going to have to open up their house. Somebody else is going to have to get on the telephone with some of these people. Somebody else is going to have to help to disciple people. Do you understand what I'm saying? I, I thank I thank God for for, for Dave's uh, you know remarks this morning because that's what you have to do to disciple people. You have to spend time with people. Amen. Uh, you, you can't simply put the telephone down because. Okay, 30 minutes, uh, that's up, call me next week. <laughs> you know, the person's gone through a hard time. You know, they lost a loved one. They, 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 uh, they've come through a hard situation. Their finances has gone wrong. Their sickness has hit them. Uh, you've got to get in with people. You, you've got to train people. A lot of it comes by what they watch you do. And how they see you deal with situations. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying, all, all, all of you out here who are, who are uh, leaders in any way, shape, or form, uh, get ready. All right? Because you're going to have to take on responsibility of other folks. You can do it. You you have it in you. God has put it in you. You've had it for so many years. But now you got to get ready to loose it and let it go. All right? And I'm not talking about novices. All right? All uh, right? You all some seasoned people. I know some seasoned folk in here. Uh, and you know what it's all about. But you've got to get ready to do it. It's work. I'm just going to tell you. You think it's a little warm in here? Uh, that, that's nothing. That's not the level of discomfort that you're going to have to subject yourself to to help people. You're going to have to climb into their lives. You're going to have to climb into to what hurts them. Uh, you're going to have to be daddy sometime and mommy to them. Uh, you, 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 you're going to have to find out that, hey, they really don't. They don't know Lord, the Lord. They don't really see him. I've got to reintroduce or, or, or explain God to them in such a way. I've, I've got to seek the Spirit of God somehow to guide me. And he will. You don't have to know it all. Matter of fact, you don't have to know anything except the Lord. Uh, but, but you have to be willing to, to go through their pain and their situation, their circumstances, and, 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 and put some time, put some effort into them. Because people need training. We're trying to counsel the hell out of people in churches. People need to be trained. Amen. They, they need to be bought up. Amen. Hallelujah. And I'm just about done, y'all. I look at training as this. 
And this is, when I think of training, I think of training as this. It's trying to help to direct somebody in growth, in their growth in the Lord, when I'm talking about things of the Lord. It's true for anything. When you train, when you train a raw kid out of the street, when you take him to boot camp, and, and any of y'all who've been in the service know what I'm talking about. You get goofy kids come straggling in there. I mean, all kinds of ways, all kinds of haircuts, all kinds of this, that, and other thing. And then they have culture shock. Because the ultimate trainers get ahead of them, get a hold of them. First of all, they cut off the hair, get rid of their bush, and they all got some kind of funky hairdo that they hate. And, and then they start to discipline their bodies uh, and their minds. They begin to train them. They begin to give them a knowledge that, that they didn't have before. Train them for a purpose. To grow and to be uh, good soldiers or airmen or whatever that, that they're going to be. Train. Not counsel them. You can't counsel somebody into being a good soldier if they don't have the, the basics behind them. We try to do this in the body of Christ. We, we, we say a few little words to people and whatnot, and, and we send them out there to go get somebody saved. Mm-hmm. If they run into a Jehovah Witness, chances are they line up in the kingdom hall. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, most of the people in Jehovah Witness were drawn out of Christian churches mm-hmm. from among people who never knew what the thing was all about. You talk to them sometimes. Oh, yeah, I used to be in, 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 in uh, you, you know, in the Lutherans. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, but, you know, they didn't do that. Uh, and somebody got to them and trained them. Disciplined them in some kind of way. Trained them. So, remember this. Training begins with instruction and knowledge. That's why I'm a teacher and not considered a preacher. Um, that's why although preaching is in my blood and you see anybody else in my family that preaches they they set the house on fire mm-hmm. I got brothers and nephews and nieces and uncles and, and they're all in, the, in that school that's what I was raised up with they'll blow your ears off man and they'll have you crying and snotting and, <laughs> and whatever else that's all well and good if you get trained but see, anything good that's come in my life has come through training. Amen. So you got to have info. You've got to have some knowledge imparted to you. The thing I, I mentioned, which is a nasty word to some people in the body of Christ, is discipline. You've got to become disciplined. You know, that's something that, although I didn't miss the Army because it was during Vietnam when I would have gone in, and so me and my friends got killed in Vietnam that I wasn't too high about going. But I miss one thing about going in the service. That is discipline. They force you to be disciplined. And it's a discipline that when you get it, you never lose the discipline. Amen. Unless you're just completely off the side of the, you know, the wall somewhere. Unless you just say, right. Every Almost every soldier, no matter who old soldier, whatever I mean, He's got discipline in his life that he got in the service because they're forced. That's why I'm telling you all now about your children. You got to be disciplined, your children. Yeah. You got to learn how to do it some kind of way. Amen. Do it in love with it, but you got to learn how to discipline. That's what I'm saying about this body. 
We've got to be a disciplined body. I'm not talking about a body that beats people up or anything like that, but I'm talking about a body that that, that, that has uh, organization. Yeah. Where people know what they're supposed to do, where people can, can question up and down the structure, where things can be adjusted if they have to. Amen. Where, 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 where things are fluid, where things can be done, where there's a protocol to do this and that and the other thing. Yeah. That's discipline. Mm-hmm. You see, when people tell you, uh, and, and I've had this said to me so many times in, in my life, well, uh, if the Spirit don't lead me, I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Or if God don't tell me, then I'm not going to change it. Well, God's not going to come down and knock you on the head to ask you to eat. You're hungry, you know you eat, right? God doesn't say right on the wall, son, thou shall eat. <laughs> uh, but people people get that attitude and they and they use it to try to cover a lack of organization. Uh, a lack of discipline. Discipline is work. It's work. And then we need we need to have practice. That's where your discipline comes in. Is in the practicing of those things that you set in motion to do. You got to practice them. Amen. We can't come in here and re- uh, learn these things and put them in our head. We got to practice them. Amen. I got to practice them above all. Amen. I got to discipline my life uh, for whatever that I say to you and beyond. Discipline is work. Yeah. Not, not coming to hear something that you like or something that sounds good. Is taking it and go on when the situation comes up in the life and putting it into. That's how the kingdom is built. You discipline yourself. The kingdom of God is what within us. Is that what the Bible says? Yeah, yeah. We're going to have kingdom living. We got to do away with the other living. The living is done according to ignorance. The, the living is done according to self pity and all that other. Things. And, and, and we got to be kingdom people, ruled and governed by God who is in us. Amen? And we have to have lives. I go to some churches sometimes, and I'm so, and I'm so lifted up by the order which is in the, within that body. Yeah. All right? Now, no church has it all, but uh, that's godliness. Order, orderliness yes. is godliness. Yes. Amen? I'm not talking about people who, 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 who want to order you every step. And well, I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about there's something about having order. Yes. And you must have it in your own life. Oh, you just, or you just waste your life. Counseling is only going to be useful when people are trained. Where they can get to what you're talking about. You can't tell nobody about the Word of God says this or that or the other thing if, you, if they don't know what you're talking about. If they've not been saved, you just can't do it. Folks, we gotta make sure folks are saved. We gotta make sure that they're trained. That means what? We gotta train ourselves. Amen. You gotta do like me. I find holes in 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 in, 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 in what I ought to know and what I ought to be able to do. I find holes in it, and it's incumbent upon me to go back and try to fill them up with the Word of God. God'll talk to you just like He talked to me. Show you and tell you. I love I love that scripture. And it's so true, and I understand it in a different way today. Train up a child, you know, when he's young, 
and the way and the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it, or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I said, train up, mm-hmm. train up. See, I'm not worried about a person who I know is trained, mm-hmm. because even if they misstep, even if there's a difficulty. They've got to train. Yeah. And you can speak a word and counsel them. Am I right? Yeah. See, counseling is just applying what they already know. Mm-hmm. If they don't, today we talked about whether you are a winner or a loser. Amen. That's another way, you know, of, of, of putting it. Thank you, sir. That's another way of putting it. Well, God says we're winners. Hallelujah. He says we're winners. I don't see them. Woo! I don't see the winners. Amen. 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 Amen.